0: You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: You are the one God can use to keep people connected and plugged in and moving forward in their relationship to Christ. So keep it up. Now, guys, when we do this, you know what happens? When we become the solution, when we jump into action, you know what happens? ministry, and believers are multiplied.
0: The The phrase, too good to be true, is kind of a downer, isn't it? With that in mind, think of this— There were good things happening in the early church that were true because the disciples were on fire in their quest to share Jesus' love, and Satan was trying to destroy it—be a downer about it, if you will—through deflection and division. Pastor Dion explains today what was happening and not happening within the church. Friends, all of us have a purpose in this life. We can be a part of something life-saving or life-sucking. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
1: hate, sarcasm, and disapproval, they cut deep, don't they? And the pain is enough to discourage even the strongest of Christians. I mean, we're tempted to just give it up and stay quiet. We're tempted to just hide our light under a bushel. Or we're tempted to harbor bitterness or act in revenge. Ha, they want to treat me like that? I haven't been saved that long. I'll show them. But see, we shouldn't. When the persecution is is arising that way and we're dealing with this, we shouldn't be depressed, demoralized, or destructive. We should be, here's the words, die hard. You should be die hard. Die hard. Here's a verse, Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. If someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. You know, let's go ahead and read that again. If someone, Romans 12, 14, if someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. Pray that God will bless him. And then Jesus also said this. Jesus said, no pressure, no diamonds. Okay? Okay? Jesus didn't say that, but it's close. Mark 13, verse 11, here's what he said. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for My name's sake. But he who endures to the end will or shall be saved. Endure. Die hard. Now listen, the disciples didn't have those verses that we just read They didn't have those verses of instruction and encouragement because they hadn't been written yet. The church has just begun. The gospels haven't been written. Paul isn't even saved. He hasn't penned two-thirds of the New Testament. They don't have that that instruction and that encouragement yet. So, here's what God does. They're going through persecution. They're in prison. So God sent His Word to them through an angel. They might have been tempted like you are to give up, to stay silent, to hide their light under a bushel. Is it really worth it? I mean, we don't want to deal with this, but God says, hey, listen, I want you to die hard, and He actually says that to them through an angel. You see, the angel confirmed that they were doing exactly what the Lord wanted and that they shouldn't stop. Here is exactly what the angel told them, keep it up. Keep what up? Your witness, your testimony, your shining, your sharing. That's what he told them. Keep it up. Keep speaking to the people all the words of this Christian life. That's what the angel told them. Keep at it. Keep doing it. Keep sharing all the words of this Christian life. You know, the book of Revelation calls pastors angels of the church. So in a way, I've been sent to tell you Don't let the enemy bully or intimidate you into silence or seclusion. It's better that you obey God rather than men. So keep shining and keep sharing. My wife thinks I'm an angel. And now it's official. So the devil, he tries to... Disrupt, destroy, derail the church's progress. People being impacted by the gospel. And he does this to try to stir up persecution. But we realize, hey listen, God says keep it up. And they did. They continued preaching. They continued sharing. They were diehard. They kept going. Well, guys, when the devil couldn't derail the disciples in the church with persecution, he tried another strategy. Here's the word, division. See, the devil, if you didn't know, he does not give up easily. You know, he's like a boomerang. He keeps coming back every single time. And if he tries one thing to derail you or to, um, you know, discourage you or to bring you, you know, depress you, and it doesn't work, hey, listen, he's going to try something else. He is not going to give up, and that's what he does with the church because he doesn't want you growing, he doesn't want you shining, he doesn't want you sharing. And so the devil brings something up, some other strategy to the church. It's division. See, he knows, the devil knows, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He knows that. So let's read chapter 6 and verse 1. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Yeah, right? Huh? What what is that? Well, let me help unravel some of that. Now, first off, I want to mention that the chapter started by announcing that ministry was being multiplied, and that so were the believers. So it went from addition to multiplication. Ministry was being multiplied. Well, guys, that's our goal for this year. Isn't that awesome, guys? To saturate our area with the message of Jesus. That's our goal. That's what we're desiring to do. We want to multiply ministry and, as a result, multiply believers. So we want to saturate our area with a message. Well, the same thing, the apostles were saturating Jerusalem with the message of Jesus. And the church was growing so fast that the apostles couldn't keep up. So, you know, they're sharing and shining and people are coming and the church is growing faster than the apostles or the leaders of the church can keep up. Unfortunately, when leaders are overwhelmed, people can be overlooked. Feelings can be hurt. You didn't call me. You didn't pray with me. He didn't even talk to me. Feelings can be hurt. Offenses taken and divisions erupt. This is you know was the, the case in our passage here. Some people were being overlooked. See, there were two groups of Jews coming to faith in Jesus and joining the Christian church in Jerusalem. There were the traditional Jews and there were the Hellenistic Jews. You with me? Two groups of people who were getting saved in Jerusalem and they were part of this big revival, two types of Jews the traditional Jews, and the Hellenistic Jews. Now, Hellenistic Jews were those who followed the Greek culture. They spoke Greek. They dressed Greek. Their lifestyles were colored with Greek culture. You get it? In fact, would you like a brief history to kind of figure out how that happened? All right, so between the Old and the New Testaments... Between the Old and New Testaments, that one page that is just blank there, right? between the Old and the New Testaments, Alexander the Great conquered the known world, continent after continent. He not only conquered the world, but he Hellenized the world. He started a new world order. Alexander, who was Greek, imposed his Greek education, philosophy, religion, and language to every continent that he conquered. So some Jews adopted Alexander's new world order. Some of those Jews were adopted that Greek culture, that Greek flavor, and they were called Hellenistic Jews. But then there were the Jews who said, it's all Greek to me, right? (laughs) They were the traditional Jews who refused to conform to the influences of this new world order. The traditional Jews had held to the orthodox Jewish life. We're not doing that. We're holding on to the orthodox, to traditional. We're not going to give in to the flavor of the new world order which caused these orthodox Jews to be elitists, arrogant, prejudiced, judgmental, towards all of those Hellenistic Jews. Well, people from both groups, both Hellenistic Jews and traditional Jews, had become believers, had surrendered to the message of Christ. And as a result of that they were excommunicated from Jewish religion and the temple. Okay, so you want to follow that Jesus, you are no longer going to be part of us. And some of them were orphans and widows. Well, orphans and widows without financial assistance from the temple because you know as Jews, you, you know you could go to the temple and as long as you subscribe to Judaism as an orphan or a widow, and you would find assistance to help. But now they've claimed Christ. They've been excommunicated from the church. They've been disowned from the church. So now these people don't have any way of assistance. So without the church, the temple, these orphans and widows would starve. So the apostles in this new church Started their own assistance program. That's the reason that believers like Barnabas, we talked about, who had extra land, sold it and gave the money to the church. It was to help provide for their own widows and orphans, for the people who needed help. All right, so that was going on. But some murmuring, some complaining arose. You see how that just holds in the air? murmuring It's nasty some murmuring arose complaining arose you know some in the church you know sometimes the church is like a swimming pool most of the noise comes from the shallow end the Hellenistic widows were hurling accusations of discrimination They were telling us, we're getting shafted when it comes to the distribution. When they put out the food for the widows and orphans, they're only giving it to the traditional Jews. Us Hellenistic Jews with Greek flavor are being shafted. Their testimony, their statements, was shredding the witness of the church. You guys get it? See, if the devil can't silence the testimony of the church, he will try to shrink its witness. Nothing is more distasteful to the world than Christians fighting one another. Nothing is more distasteful to the world than Christians arguing with one another, backbiting one another, slandering one another, and gossiping about one another. In fact, that's why we've been urged like this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14. Read it with me. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So, hey, listen. As this Division was brewing in this new church. It was being, hey, listen, the world was looking and saying, hey, wow, it's distasteful. So the apostles recognized the danger that the complaints and the division could have on the church. So they moved quickly to solve the problem. They moved quickly to restore peace and unity. Let's look at verse 2. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve table. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to the prayer and the ministry of the word. Now I'm going to pause right there and say this. Alright, so... The division is brewing. The fire has started. And the apostles say, hey, listen, we can go ahead and and do that ourselves. We can put out this fire, but then here's what the devil will do. He'll start up another fire. We'll be busy doing that. And we'll be just going back and forth, putting out all these little fires. And we will not be able to preach the Word of God. Where he says here, he says that we won't be able to give ourselves continually to the prayer and the ministry of the Word. The Word continually means to kick up dust in work. To make some dust. To get it done. All right. so the pastor's job is to get it done. To kick up some dirt. To kick up uh, some dirt in in the community. Hey, listen, we're kicking up some dirt here in our community. We're preaching God's Word. We're live on, on Facebook. We're on the radio. I'm kicking up some dust. But if I... Have to be putting out fires, I won't be able to kick up dust the way that I should. And so, he said, so we're going to appoint some people to do this. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, the, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, And when they laid, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. All right, so a division is brewed. So the solution was more volunteers. The solution for the division was more volunteers. Godly people serving in areas of need. Now stop and think about this. Most of the places that we complain about are due to a lack of help popular restaurants working with a skeleton crew busy retail stores with too few cashiers exhausted workers are short and impatient with the people they serve those are the kind of things we complain about resulting in frustrated and disenchanted customers coming back i'm not going to i'm not going to deal with that i'm not, forget that well, we can't allow this to happen here at church. Eternity is on the line here. It's not a matter of you know, missing a few dollars or not making a certain sale or quota. This is about eternity. So, volunteers are the answer. So I'd encourage you to pick up an apron, park some cars, greet some people, vacuum some carpets, teach some children, tweak some sound, run a camera, work a computer, serve some tables. You are the solution for the needs in a growing church. Your involvement keeps the church healthy. Because, you know, it's a bummer when, you know, I went for the refreshment, so there's no ice. There's no drink. There's no more coffee. <laughs> Every time. Every single time. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. Forget it. I can't find a parking. I can't. Uh, you know, nobody talks to me. Right? There are a thousand things of why people disconnect. We have to be careful that we're doing our part to make sure that people can stay connected. So sign up next to Steven and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor. Be the solution. Look, be the solution. Instead of saying, "E, I know, huh? <laughs> <sighs> Happens to me all the time. He, yeah, I tried to call too, and it took him days to respond. Oh, I know. Be the solution. Be the solution. You are the solution to that problem. You are the one God can use to keep people connected and plugged in and moving forward in their relationship to Christ. So keep it up. Now guys, when we do this, you know what happens? When we become the solution, when we jump into action, you know what happens? Ministry and believers are multiplied. Read the last verse. Then the word of God spread. Then the word of God spread. Now pause right there. When more volunteers came and became the solution, the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. It will even impact you. It will impact people you thought would never, ever come to the Lord. Wow! Priests? I mean, to the Jewish, to the Christians, to the apostles, that's like, what? But when they see you shine and share, it impacts the entire community and even people that you thought would never darken the door of the church, would never be seen here, is going to be seated next to you, and you're going to be like, wow, huh? Yes! Because that's what somebody did when you showed up. Yes! Jesus Christ, who not only died for you, but makes available forgiveness, and peace, and blessing, and help, through whatever you're going through. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, that person who brought you, that's what they're hoping you will decide. If you haven't made that decision, just do that right now. Just say, yes, I choose Christ. And raise your hand right now. I see hands. Beautifully. Beautifully. Let's pray out loud together. Father, Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness. I have run from you. I've ignored you. I've even fought you. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin and I turn to you. Wash me clean with your blood. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying, and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand.